Thank you, Jake. I tell you, that's this is a good this is singing the songs, man. It all it's perfect. My hope today is that we can have a moment where we can share some life together. You know, the words that we sing, especially that song. What is that? How deep the Father's love for us. Oh, that one line in there when it says. His death gave us life, something like that. How awesome is it that we can come today and share life together? Uh, Today we get to continue our series on what it means to live differently. So turn to Luke chapter 18 in your Bibles. We're going to be there in just a few minutes. Luke chapter 18. Now, the first century church is growing exponentially. Um, You know, there was this moment when people were just flocking to these small communities of faith. And I would argue that it wasn't about the information. The information didn't cause people to embrace the community that followed Jesus alone. It was the way that Christians lived. It was the way they acted. The way they loved one another. You know, when the good news of Jesus takes root... And when it took root in these people, that transformation, oh, it was highly attractive. You know those people that have been changed, those people that have purpose and vision, you know, the ones who inspire you. It could have been just a person working at Starbucks, but you leave going, yeah, I want to live better. You know those people. Maybe you are that person. You know, all kinds of people in this early church were accepted. It's really interesting. In fact, if you were to look at the very first followers uh, and see their little groups and communities of faith, you would see a very odd grouping of people. You'd see a group of some, maybe some uh, faithful and upright Jews who knew the language and they were righteous, you know, they knew the language of the Torah. You'd see God-fearing Gentiles. You know, they, these are people who, who have followed God. They've been to the temple. They've tried their best to, to participate and to know and seek out the one true God. Now, they may not have understood everything, but they knew that Yahweh was the one true God. You might see former pagans who maybe a few weeks earlier were in active participation in whatever services surrounded the God that they followed. And who knows what that entailed. You may see slaves, families of people who had no names, really. These are people who really had no community at all other than their social class that was low. They were born into it. Families, fathers, sons, children, adults, babies. It was a first. And you could distinguish by the sights and smells and looks sound stature who these people were what i find so encouraging is that whenever these people came to these small communities of faith saying i want to believe i believe you know what these communities of faith did they said yes come it's fantastic outsiders become insiders and now they're part of the family of God and they don't they not only lived differently these people but they saw differently as well this is what we talk about today what does it mean to see differently let's take a moment and let's pray together our heavenly father you are good 
Lord, thank you for the people in this room and for whatever baggage we bring with us today. Lord, we know that there is pain in this room. We know that there is joy. We know that there is every possibility in between. Lord, we ask that for a brief moment you would open our eyes as we, as we have been singing about today. Open our eyes to the possibility of what could be. Open our eyes, Lord, to what it is you have for us and your people. And help us, Lord, today as we leave to be able to, even if it's in a small way, help us to be able to see differently. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'll start with a question. What does it mean to see differently? Now, it's not really that easy to do. Sometimes it takes effort, so let's try it. Um, I'll just show you a couple of images. Okay, so what do you see here? Big cow. I didn't take this personally. That would have scared me. So I don't even really own a pair of boots yet. Yet, so that's not me. Do you see the faces? How many of you did not see the faces until I just mentioned it? Okay, thank you. We have one very open and honest person in the back. Thank you. Okay, that's probably an easy one. I'll give you, I'll give you one. What do you see here? Isn't that amazing how that is just a cow was born that way? Isn't it a, it's a miracle. <laughs> you see it now, Jake? There you go. Takes a minute. Global cow? I don't know what you'd call it. <laughs> uh, there are others that I wanted to show, but I thought, you know, I've got 20 minutes of these fun pictures to, to look through. Probably need to do something else. You know, it's funny because this is kind of the same way it is with some people sometimes. You, you, you see somebody, and then who knows how long it takes for you to, a little later, you go, oh, <laughs> I, you see them in a particular way. Sometimes, you know, it takes effort to look closer at people. And when we don't take time to look closely, we tend to miss those things that we were really meant to see. We only get half the information, but we act as if we have all of the information. I mean, we're good at assumptions, aren't we? We're really good at that. We receive a little bit of info, but it's incomplete. Maybe it's filled with gaps missing data but our minds subconsciously fill in the holes okay it's called finishing the gestalt um i mean you may think that's ah, crazy but how many of you finished it in your head dun 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 dun, dun. there you go we have to do it don't we and even if you try, you, you, your brain tries to finish, and your, your brain wants closure. It's got it's to make sense of some things. Um, what is this right here? No, this is a group of black shapes that are arranged in a particular order. <laughs> I mean, really, it's just a group of black shapes. But our brains want closure so we fill in the circle we fill in even the 3d 
Our brains are really powerful and strong, and we finish the gestalt. It's something we all do when we look at someone or at a certain situation without knowing the person or without having all the facts. We fill in our own stories to finish it. Uh, And I think we do this because we want things to make sense. We do this more than we realize. We do it a lot in traffic. There were other pictures that I found that I don't think I can show here. So whenever somebody does something crazy to us in traffic, and I know that never happens in San Angelo, um, our first thought is what? Oh, they're so sweet. I'm just going to let them go on ahead. They probably have something important to do. No, our first thought is, it, first of all, we dehumanize them. We usually call them by their car name. An explorer, how rude, insensitive, and an idiot, all right? That's our first thought. And sometimes we get right on their tails and let them know what they did, because that's helpful. Um, <laughs> I can't really say too much about my father, but he, uh, I have learned how how to drive aggressive, uh, aggressively defensive with my father's um, instruction. Um, you know, I've had so many instances as a kid of these moments of road incidents. And it's funny because we never give people the benefit of the doubt. Rarely do we give people the benefit of the doubt. A lot of times we think we know why they did what they did. And so we just put the horn on. Um, we look at them angrily, you know, Hopefully we don't do anything else. But what if now there's two people in this scenario? What if there's two people operating the same way? Two people filling in the gaps. Two people who don't know all the information. Um, as, or really the other person even. Now you have two false stories that people think are true. Sometimes these stories are only created based on our experiences. There are stories created based on our state of mind or the way we feel on a given day. It happens in families. It happens in churches. It happens in our jobs, at school, with our friends. And at this point, when we get to this point, whenever we're believing two separate stories, it's no longer us. Now it's me and them. And I think this type of thinking usually leads to defensiveness and reactions and, and incidents and marital disputes. And sometimes in this congregation, I mean, it could lead to church disputes and at the worst, a split. And the end result usually happens because we don't choose to stop and see. Maybe it's because, and I'm, I'm good at this, it's maybe it's because we're better at sizing people up than we are at actually seeing one another. So the question I have today is, how do we see one another? In the villages of, uh, where is it at? Serengeti Savannah in Africa. There's several villages in there. There's one man named uh, Terry Tillman. He went on safari and he'd notice a lot of the native villagers, they would be talking to each other, going out about their day, and they'd stop, and they'd, they'd spend about 5 to 15 seconds together, and then they'd move on. And he saw this at a distance. And then he got closer to them, and he realized this is what they do. And in fact, that's a greeting. They get right next to somebody. They will look at them between 5 and 15 seconds. They'll be staring at one another. We do this in elders' meetings all the time staff meetings five seconds staring at one another how uncomfortable is that let me just stare at the teens for five seconds without saying anything 
Yeah, it's a little uncomfortable, isn't it? So, so five to 50 seconds. And then they would say, Saubona, which means I see you. And the other person would, rep- would reply, they would reply, let's see, where is it at? Um, Yebo Saubona, which means yes, we see you too. Now, when I compare this to a typical American greeting, let's just say the male greeting, you know, between 5 and 15 seconds of staring at one another and saying, I see you, compared to this. I mean, that's good enough for me. Guys can have a whole conversation in that right there. How's Bill? Oh, he's great. He's going, huh? He's doing this. He's doing... How'd you find that out? It was the head nod. Um, Is that seeing, Really? (laughs) what does it mean to see differently one of the best examples that we have I find in scripture is is a moment when which happened with Jesus himself so it's in Luke chapter 18 we're going to spend a moment looking at this story Uh, Jesus had had just entered Jericho he was going to be passing through so let's start reading uh, in verse 1 here we go Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said to him, Kids, you want to say it? Let's say it. Zacchaeus. That's okay. You can do it louder. Let's go, kids. Ready? One, two, three. Zacchaeus. You come down for I'm going to your house today. Okay, we know that. We've been singing that since we were kids. And he looked at Zacchaeus. He says, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Dun, dun, dun. Wow. So when we walk through our daily lives... With this story as part of our lens, do we take time to stop and see one another? How many times do we just stop and linger for just an extra moment or two? And if we do see others, are we seeing them through our eyes, through, through the mind that's trying to finish and fill in the gaps, or are we trying to see them through the eyes of Jesus Christ? So this was a spiritual moment for this small town. Here's a superstar, a rabbi, the one everybody's been talking about, and he's passing through town. He's just passing through town. And he had people flocking to see him. He wasn't planning on staying, it doesn't say that, but everybody was there to see him. Uh, But no one was there to see Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus may have been wealthy, But compared to this Jesus, this man of God, Zacchaeus was a distraction worth dismissing. But what did the eyes of Jesus see? He saw an opportunity. Jesus lingered and saw a man ready for life, change, a heart, ready for transformation. But what I love about this is Zacchaeus knew how to see as well. The only person he wanted to see was Jesus. And he did everything he could to see him better. Now, you may not know this, but, but what Zacchaeus did for a wealthy man was very, was, was humiliating. 
Now, you may not know this, but in, even in some Mideastern cultures still today, uh, if you are a wealthy man, you do not run. You walk slowly. You have runners. You have people who will exert energy for you. It still happens in some cultures today. Wealthy men did not run. They did not climb. This was demeaning. But Zacchaeus wanted to see. Desperately. But he was most invisible to the crowd, really. And to everyone else, Zacchaeus, this, this Roman collaborating tax collector, was just another sinner, just another cheat, just another, another crook. And no one gave him the time or the space to see Jesus at all. And as I read this, I wonder, how many times have I put that same label on people? People, I think, oh, they're not ready to believe. I mean, I wonder how many have I missed? So what happened next? Zacchaeus stood up and he said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. So when Zacchaeus realized he had been seen by Jesus, he repented. He received salvation. Jesus was just passing through, but, but, but he did, took time to look and see and to linger. He lingered and he saw Zacchaeus for who he was and for who God wanted him to be. And I'll ask it again. How are we at seeing differently? I don't think this really can be done by ourselves. I think that, that seeing through God's eyes comes through this transforming power and work of the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ. But it also takes practice. Because seeing differently, I believe, is a choice. We have to choose to see differently. And I think if we want to show the world what God has done for us, we must show them what God can do for them. Because people don't need our judgment. They need our attention. Paul says in Romans 15, he says, Accept one another just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. I think when we see and accept others as Christ has seen and accepted us, then we connect people with hope. It's a spiritual and eternal connection we make, a physical connection we make with people. Because seeing somebody leads them to new life, eternal relationship with God through Jesus. It says this in 2 Corinthians, so we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has come. You can do this through Jesus Christ. You don't have to be bound to the way you see. You don't have to be bound to this gestalt finishing and filling in gaps. You can choose to see people as Jesus sees us. Because I, I would say as Christians, this needs to be one of our most focused on practices because there are people like Zacchaeus all around us people who are in bondage who were enslaved to their sin and to their to everything that keeps them from God and we I would say sometimes we tend to write those people off or we just tend to not really 
stop and see them. I think if we were to stop, take a moment, linger, we might make a connection that could surprise us. I want to show a video. This sums up everything we've been talking about today in a very practical way. Um, It's a little longer, I'm sorry, but I think you'll see the possibility and potential of what could happen when you take time to see. Let's play that. When people are very old and deteriorated and no one enters their world and they're just sitting there, they will withdraw inward more and more. And their desperate need for for connection is all now inside. And if a person is all alone, even if they're very, very deteriorated, there's a longing for this kind of closeness. Mrs. Wilson? Hello. You want me to sit? Can you see me good? Gladys Wilson is a wonderful example of a person who was in the phase of repetitive motion where people use movements, repetitive movements, because they don't have any more speech or very little speech, but they have human needs that need to be expressed. You're crying. Crying, you have a tear right here in your face. You have a little pain, you want me to touch you. You're very sad. Can you see me? Is it scary? You afraid? And if this person sits with their eyes closed, rocking back and forth and maybe there's a tear coming down there's a need there there's a little tear that's coming out you feel it you feel a little tear if you gently use touch and I touched Gladys Wilson for the fingertips right here on the cheek is where the mother usually touches a child if you touch an infant there it looks up and every cell remembers where it was touched by the mother. And often that person knows, even if they can't say a word at that moment, they won't talk, but, or they don't want to talk, but they, there's, there's a communication. And that person is no longer alone. Can you let me in a little bit? You think, just a little? You think I could be with you and Jesus for a minute? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. I used music, because when speech is gone, music, especially with Gladys Wilson, it was religious music, because there's emotion tied to it and safety tied to it. So I used her old church songs. Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. 
The Bible tells me so. What I did was, when she moved, I moved with her. And when I was singing, because she didn't sing with me, so I matched the intensity of my voice to the intensity of her movement. And pretty soon, for a split second, we became one person. Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. So at one point, when she got very quiet and very peaceful, and my voice became very quiet as hers and very peaceful, and my breathing slowed to her breathing, she pulled me to her, and I moved with her. And for her at that moment, I believe I was a symbol of, of her mom. Feel safe and warm. Yeah. Can you sing with me? He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the mothers and the fathers. He's got the mothers and the fathers. He's got the mothers and the fathers. He's got the whole world in his head. The breakthrough doesn't happen every time. The person will not always look their open their eyes and look at you. But if you keep trying and you keep centering yourself and uh, really look at that person and really mirror their movements. Maybe not this time, but the next time you come, you'll have a communication. You feel safe? You feel safe? Yeah. With Jesus? Yeah. And me? Yeah, yeah. So many things in that still gets me. I'm sorry I, I sprung that on you. What I find is that there are so many people who are going through life not expecting to be seen. And what she said is right. When you see someone it may not be immediate. But if you continue to look, to pay attention, to help, you know what? People, they find new life and freedom from whatever it is that binds them. Because when you see them as the body of Christ, you know who's seeing them? Jesus. When you take time to see someone, People are being seen by Jesus Christ himself. So my encouragement to you is to stop. Linger. Look. And see through the eyes of Jesus. 
Because people don't need our judgment. They need, they need our attention. Salbona. Let's stand and let's sing together.